Day two, year one hundred of the dawn. Before the blood. Don't go out, mother. I beg of you. I am afraid without you. My heart is attached to you by a thick artery, and if you leave me, it will break, and all the blood will run out of it. George Gomez, The Music from the Water. Of course, this was before the bleeding. Can you imagine that? There was no curse here in the garden. Try to think, try to imagine a woman's life without the monthly gift. It is hard to imagine now. In retrospect, it was dreamy, true heaven. If Aunt Flo did not visit every month from the age of puberty, a woman might feel like a man without the hassle, the pain, the mess of the wondrous cycle, pun intended, but with all the sentiments of a woman. Hmm, it was lovely, but I didn't think of not bleeding as lovely. I thought of it as normal. Later, of course, after the fateful bite, the bleeding started. I remember thinking I must be dying. Even though I had heard the words of the curse, it hadn't registered in my mind that this would be any part of it. So strange. Was there a way to have babies in the garden without the monthly madness? I believe there must have been, but sadly, I never got to experience that miracle. After we ate the apple, there was no way back. The gates of the garden were shut, with those terrifying cherubim blocking the path with swords. Can you believe it? No way back into the Garden of Delights. The cherubim, with all their dreaded eyes drilling into my soul, guarded the glory of the Creator and the splendor of the garden. I could no longer have those morning walks with him in the garden. It haunts me even to this day, a lingering echo that I'm sure has gone through every one of my offspring. Generation after generation after generation, all flooded with sin and fear and regret. I had opened a door, but shut another. Ah, oh, what have I done? If only Adam could have been stronger. I mean, is it really the woman who falls? Or is it because the man does not have the balls to be the leader and to ultimately stop her, warn her, fight the serpent on her behalf? How often does a man follow a bad woman even to death? Strip joints, hookers, adulterous women. But I know it is not as simple as that. There is really no one person to blame. After all, the nature of the human being is to want what we want when we want it, regardless of the consequences. It is only after the consequences, after we have built a fortress of ill repute, where we become slaves to sin, that we finally cry out, O oh, wretched woman, or man, that I am. What is temptation if there is nothing in us that is enticed by it? If we were pure with nothing to hook, then the bait would not take. But there was no we in the garden, 
as in you and I and the rest of my children, the human race. There was only Adam and me, and, of course, the serpent. If only the serpent had been as hideous, repugnant, and frightfully vile on the outside as he was on the inside. If he had been, I most likely would not have been drawn to him. I want to say I wouldn't have been drawn to him for sure, but unfortunately, I can't say for certain that I would not have sunk that low. He was, however, really quite stunning in his appearance, as the object of our sin often is. The other animals were there too, of course, and they talked as well. Of course they talked. Otherwise, when the serpent spoke, it would have freaked me out. The other animals, however, for whatever reason I do not know, were pure and sweet. I am sure they could do no wrong. We all lived in peace in the garden of God, all except that nasty serpent. I don't know if he was an animal or a messenger of evil. Maybe he was a Lucifer who fell from heaven inhabiting the serpent's body, or Satan transformed into a serpent to entice me to the tree. On that fateful day when the serpent spoke to me, a conversation ensued that would twist the fate of all humanity. If I had known what sort of evil lied to me through that serpent's words, do you think I would have succumbed to the temptation? So deceptive was that mouth when it opened. It was like light poured out, but not the pure light of the essence of God, with a warm, incandescent glow of peace like the sun. No, it was more like fluorescent light, eerie and greenish. The light bounced around, flickering, as if it did not emanate from the serpent. Instead, it seemed that he reflected it from another source. Still, it drew me in, and it felt as if I could look deeper, could finally grasp the answer to everything. Why did that matter? if I truly had everything already given to me by the Creator. I wondered if I hadn't been in a conversation with the Angel of Light, and later I knew that to be true, and that the Angel of Light was Lucifer. I still wonder about it, even now, although I'm old as eternity and have watched the generations of my descendants, women as well as men, toil and struggle as they work the land. The curse, of course, seemed a bit overdone, because women got the curse of the pain in childbearing and the curse of desiring a husband that is indeed never satisfied, and they also inherited the man's curse, to work and to toil over the land, which does not yield its fruit any more easily to a woman than to a man. Yes, I share the men's curse, which has some blessings of its own as well. I like doing something with my hands other than housekeeping. In each curse given to man and woman, there is also a blessing. I have many questions I would like to ask the creator of the universe, the creator of the garden, and the creator of me, who fashioned me in such a way that I would have the capacity or even the notion to want to follow the serpent's enticing words. Why did I desire the wisdom to know everything, 
Didn't I fellowship daily with wisdom personified? Why did I aspire to possess the knowledge of good and evil when all I knew was good? Maybe it was because I had never tasted evil. I had no reference point. A child, when he or she is cognitive of the fact that he or she has just committed a selfish act, whether small or large, knows that they have just done something wrong. It seems to be written in their psyche. But I had never been a child. Why did I fall for the words, to be like God? Maybe it seemed like nirvana to me. After every day, eating the same fruits, being with the same man, talking to my animal friends, which I loved. But they were animals nonetheless. Like one of my best pals, Lola the lamb. She's so perfect and sweet. There's only so many things I can say to her about my feelings, though. By the way, I can't wait to tell you some of the things that the animals and I talked about. But first, I believe I owe you an explanation. Or at least, an attempt at an explanation, since I have been blamed for causing the whole human race to be under a curse. These pages from my memory are my attempt to show you that perhaps, if it hadn't been me, it may have been you. And also to reveal the intricate web of darkness that lies in wait behind those beautifully crafted words of the serpent. Yes, it was a seemingly never-ending tangled net of deceptive logic and story that had a very bitter end, like gladly seizing the next new philosophy or trend that promises to be the truth that sets you free, then discovering it is another noose around your neck, choking you with more lies until you may never breathe sweet truth again. Have you ever heard that fruit eaten in secret is sweet? Well, this fruit is bitter, and will continue to be bitter. Thousands of miles away from the Garden of Delight, sometime in the 20th century, a young, beautiful artist with eyes resembling deep wells of sapphires will form a noose with a rope and hang by her own hand from the rafters in her studio. Thousands of years after I bit the fruit, promising the knowledge of good and evil, she will be found high above a cesspool of books, promising the knowledge of good and evil, promises of becoming like God. They will contain every philosophy ever written, except for this one unpretentious truth, that one can have true fellowship with the Creator as a unique creature created in the Creator's image. This is the truth that can set a soul free. There is a way into this relationship. Those books, those theories, are the rotten fruits from the tree that promises good, but becomes a barren tree with a dead end, forever learning, but never coming into the knowledge of the truth. If it feels weird, it is weird. If it feels like a never-ending quest, it is. The simple truth of God is pure living water from heaven. Once you drink of this water of life, you know it. You are freed and on your journey home. It is too simple for some, 
That is why they miss it. Because they want to be smarter than God, or they do take a drink of the pure water, organize it into a water religion, and pretty soon, no one can find the way to the fountain anymore, even if they bring an offering. Granted, an organization can offer structure to organize the searchers so they can support one another or help guide them to the fountain. But often it is hard to get past the rhetoric, and one has to take the drink alone in the privacy of his or her heart to find the truth again. Humility is simple, and it is the first step towards the Creator. God created us. He must have the plan. I know we call God Father, but in Him is also the heart of a mother. I will elaborate on this later, but it makes sense, since both male and female are created as God's image. To keep my diary simple, I must choose one pronoun or the other, with capital letters, of course. I will usually choose Him, but I never forget that in Him is male and female. This false light was in the first bite. After the first bite, I became insatiable. Bite after delicious bite, one after another and another. I will know the truth, I thought. I will get into the mind of the Creator. In fact, I might end up being the Creator myself. Perhaps it is all about this, creating your own destiny, being like God. What could be wrong with that philosophy? Perhaps this was in the mind of Lucifer when he fell. It seems tough to swallow, I suppose. Why would we even want to be equal to God? So much responsibility, really. What is the pull? Isn't it easier to be a child than an adult? Children want to grow up, but then they are faced with responsibilities. But what if the fruit is eaten little by little, bite by bite. What was Lucifer's apple that he pondered? What was his temptation that cajoled him to his own first bite, the one where he signed his own soul away, which led to his fall from heaven? I think about these things now that I've experienced pain in childbearing and the monthly curse. For at least, hmm... How old am I now? One hundred years? One hundred and twenty? I know, I like to go on and on about how terrible it all is. Hormones. But in all reality, the monthly gift keeps me grounded and humbled. It reminds me that we are not in the garden, and that there are consequences for my sin. It also reminds me that God made me special, with a womb that He can breathe life through the curse and the blessing, the blessing within the curse. Even though there's pain involved, and many of my daughters will die in childbirth throughout time, it is a beautiful thing to bring a child into the world. I am honored that I am such a vessel, a woman. I won't be esteemed the way I should be throughout all of humanity, but I believe that God honors me, and perhaps the bleeding is symbolic of another bleeding that brings new life to the world, a blood of rebirth from the compassionate proverbial womb of God, 
the culmination of his scarlet thread of redemption that brings forth a son, a savior of the world. My bleeding cannot be compared to the bleeding of God's heart as he sees the suffering of creation throughout time. How can God let this happen? I don't know. I don't have those answers. But I know he will give everything to get us back into the garden, just as I would give everything to my children. He will go beyond the blood. When the destruction ends, will the building begin again? Will we fear God at all after the fall? Will we know God better? Will we let him in? Laurie Matisse